Throughout this time of turmoil, I've only been so lucky to go to three protests. And at each of them, I was given the opportunity to come in front of the crowd and speak. But I hesitated, silencing myself. The people, we cannot silence ourselves any longer for the system we have been placed in is made to silence us. Silencing ourselves creates even greater disadvantages for our own successes. And that just comes from not being heard. It's what this twisted society wants. The disparity between opportunities placed in the neighborhoods of those of predominantly minorities versus predominantly white communities is disgusting, stripping people of color of the voices that they should have. But the silencing goes farther than just our communities. We are all judged at face value by people who feel superior. If you aren't white, you just aren't treated the same. But at face value, you know nothing about a person. I am a coder, an expert level chess player, and a pianist. But people don't see that. They see that I'm black. It's the same for everyone else in this crowd or our crowd. You all have talents that are masked by how you look. As a black person, people see disadvantage, feel a sense of superiority, and we feel like our every move is being watched, attentive to only the slip-ups that we have and capitalizing on the generational weight that we all struggle to pull. It's always pigmentation over personality and the motorcycle that comes every now and then. And that simply is wrong. We have to be the beacons that initiate change, no matter what, because our people need to be heard and we have to encourage our people of power to acknowledge our struggle and build up our communities. Ladies and gentlemen, it's your boy, Marcus, and we're back. Oh, I forgot John Sher. And John Sher. Yeah, that was John Sher, my bad. And we're back with another podcast. This one, something we have to talk about. Uh, yeah, it's an issue which um, it's been more or less reinvigorated for the past couple of months, especially in 2020. Um, it's been around since 2013. Um, it should have been around earlier, to be honest, you know. You know, like, in a way, it's been around for longer. It's been around forever, but I'm saying the actual group that kind of made that statement and mm-hmm. movement already started in 2013. By the way, if you're oblivious to what we're talking about, just leave the podcast right now. Hmm. Just just go, because it's impossible for you to have not acknowledged or encountered it in some way. Yeah, just after hearing his fucking speech as well. Like, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's definitely no way you just, like, I can't wait to find out what they're talking about. Yeah. To be honest, probably by the title. I'll, I'll, I'll make the title, like, some. I'll make it, um, this, this should not be a trend. I like that. I think I think that's pretty straightforward, and it's slightly inconspicuous. Yeah, I mean it's to the point, and you know that's exactly what we want to do right now. Get to the point. Look, it's Black Lives Matter, and what more do we need to say? Well, actually, much more because we're going to talk about it today. Yeah. So, uh, initially. Uh, we just really want to like highlight that it's impossible for any one of us to not talk about it in this time because not only has it pretty much taken over the media for the past few months, 
but the world the world exactly there's been protests all types of movements globally globally just just to support something that really shouldn't need support it shouldn't have to be a problem especially in how advanced everything has become yeah where where we are socially you know you'd expect that we we should have made a lot more progress of the fucking 400 years ago you'd expect like 300 one more notes you okay let, let's just think about this country was founded in 1776 so what's that it's been about 300 300 oh, can't even do math <laughs> 200 and a bit years yeah and you know we've gone from slavery to now and um you know it's like it's more than just slavery which like i'm, I'm, I'm sure you know but there are a lot of people who just like are, are a little oblivious about it they'll go like oh there was slavery but it ended. No, no, there's still problems to like. Exactly, there's there's more than yeah. Slavery. What I'm trying to say is like we've gone from slavery to where we are now, mm-hmm. but what I'm saying is like, have we progressed as much as we should have? You know, not new. No, no, not at all. You know, it's like there's still so many problems. It's like it's, when during the times of slavery it was more apparent, you know, whereas now it's less apparent. It's more hidden. In some aspects, especially within the system, it's very, very internalized. And you don't realize it until people start sharing it on social media and you keep seeing the same thing happening over and over again. And something that's been perpetuating over this vice fast time period where we've had discrimination against specifically people of color. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Marcus and I are going to go into details about. Uh, a lot of problems that have arise which involve Black Lives Matter. Um, a lot of <laughs> um, a, a lot of issues that we that need to be solved. Um, one of them being that has this movement become a trend. In my opinion, you know, I think to some people it is a trend, and to some people. It's a natural movement. And essentially, in my, you know, overall, I think it has become a trend, you know? Yeah, for sure. And it, sh- it shouldn't be, you know? But, and we've all fallen for the the trend by, like, for example, posting black images saying Blackout Tuesday. Yeah, Blackout Tuesday. Yeah, I deleted that. It's, it's fucking useless. It's pointless. It shows nothing. Yeah. Well, actually, it shows solidarity, I guess, but like. Not even that, actually. What? I was going to say, <clears throat> it shows how. Uh, the minimal amount of effort people will put into the support of something that is so large. Like, people really got up on Blackout, Blackout Tuesday and went, this black square is going to create change. Yeah, and they post and they feel like, I want to show my support and shit like this instead of going to a natural protest. Yeah. yeah. Like, there are other ways, guys, to um, support. And I'm, sure, I'm pretty sure most of our viewers know that if you don't, you probably live under a rock and you have an IQ low. You know, I'm not going to say I was about to say a name there. I'm not going to. But um, it's, it's pretty obvious and apparent that what do you call it? I say that so much. 
what you call it. It was, it was I had something itself to solve my head and I was gone blank. But you know what? We'll instead of dwindling and dawdling about what we forgot to say, we'll go straight into it. So first thing on the agenda. So I think a lot of people, Marcus and I have been discussing this that we can't ignore this at all. It's impossible. It, it, no, it's impossible. It's everywhere. Yeah. You know, you're gonna see it. Everyone's gonna keep posting it. Well not I won't say everyone, most people are gonna be posting it, you know? Yeah. And it's yeah. all over the news. Mm-hmm. Like and you know, I'm glad that it hasn't really died, if you know what I'm saying. Because you know, some some movements will just suddenly die and then no one will ever talk about it, you know. Right, right. But this is something that's been staying. I don't think it's trending as much. Surprisingly, no. No, because again, like it's not it, it literally just takes someone to die for the trend, which it shouldn't, you know. Right. It should be something that's constantly like happening, you know. After George Floyd's death, there's a strong like a big uproar and there's just a strong presence of Black Lives Matter and um people supporting the movement. But you could see over time it slowly, slowly was going down. Mm-hmm. And it was more or less dying until what happened to Jacob Blake. Yeah, and that kind of reinvigorated again but you know i don't think we should be constantly getting to the cycle where it's constantly being reinvigorated it should be like constant exactly it should be a constant until all these problems have been solved and like realistically this is going to take a very very long time to fix you know because like you've got so many people in society who don't support this movement and all p- companies that claim they do yet aren't doing a thing. Aren't doing the thing. They're not. They're not employing um, black workers. They're not promoting black workers who had the exact same, who who had the same skills as a white person. You know. Yeah. Uh, and on top of that, it's like, you know, <clears throat> to to add to not employing black workers, it's also employing black workers because they are black to go hey look we're doing the right thing we're yeah incorporating yeah. black people into our our workplace when it's less about you know bringing their ideas their values and their struggle into the workplace as opposed to these companies being able to kind of mask their well, I, I guess they don't have the support that they should have and they're hiding behind the fact that they're using their black staff, which is so wrong on so many levels. Yeah, it's a bit of a PR standard, isn't it, for these companies? Yeah. To use their black employees for the sake of doing like self-validation mm-hmm. of their company being a company which promotes diversity and racial equality. But I think in many scenarios, that's not really true at all. And... Um, I read an article about uh, presence of companies, you know, um, it was from, it, it was, I think it was linked by uh, my boss, who, I, who I've been working with for a bit. Um, and it was really just talking about how, you know, for so many years upon years, that the opportunities for black people to take these highest positions I've been so rare and uncommon. It's it's not surprising that we have 
a majority white of like CEOs, you know, like if you, you name the biggest tech com companies, you won't find a, 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 a black person, not even just a CEO, but as in the hierarchy, yeah, yeah. you won't see it. Not many. It'll be lower, you know, that's kind of like a microcosm of society. If you think about it, you know, mm -hmm. like we don't want to think of it, but it's essentially people of color on the bottom. It's there. It's real. Yeah. And white people on top. And we, we can't really, we can only fight and protest and try and reform society, especially with this, this younger generation, which have really been showing the sense of power because they're going to change our future. Like we are going to change the future for the kids of our generation, I guess. That makes sense. And we're going to really have an impact on society, which should hopefully benefit us and get us in a better position to um, eradicate racism. To be honest, you can't really eradicate racism. It's probably it's always going to be a problem. I just say the significance it has within society. You right. know, it shouldn't be so prevalent, especially not. Yeah, like I said before, how far we uh, should have progressed. I mean, there there should be this like that recycling of racism should not be so prevalent exactly and it's like it's hard to stop racism in a person because some people just stick onto their beliefs mm -hmm. regardless of what it's passed down yeah but we we can still change the racism within the system you know yeah. that's something we taught you if you change that then the impacts of racism within this country will be much less significant than it is right now because then we can say, oh, okay, you have the same opportunity as I do, you know? And that's no easy task. It's going to take years and years and years. But I don't think, I, I think most people, when they talk about Black Lives Matter, we're not talking about people being racist to black, um, black people specifically. We're talking about an entire system that is against people of color. I think Black Lives Matter... Although the name only suggests that it's only for black people, I think it it's way more than yeah, that. Yeah, it's it, it's not uh, people are, t are thinking they're not thinking outside the box, you know. It, it incorporates all the people who've suffered due to their race or ethnicity, you know, or any aspect of them. Exactly. While Black Lives Matter seems to be talking about simply lives and different racial disparities, this is more than just race. It's all uh, I guess, types of people who have experienced some form of injustice or inequality that needs to be addressed. Yeah. Like this, this is a movement that's going to support not only Black people, but all people of color, all people who have suffered some form of disadvantage, like people in the LGBTQ plus community who have also fought long and hard for yeah. you know rights that they should have because at the end of the day we're all people and no matter no matter what or who you are did i say what you are it's gonna sound so hey, hey, you are here you said you are. okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> no matter who you are you should be entitled to like all the freedom that you deserve you know and people like to 
put a cap on that just because you identify with some something that's abnormal in society, you know, which shouldn't be like that. So, yeah, don't look at Black Lives Matter, like I said in my intro, at face value because it's more than just Black lives. It's it's far more than that. Yeah, exactly, you know. I think Black lives is just a way to really... I think it's, it's attention-grabbing when you say it like that because it shows how the importance and significance of it. But I think it's also... It's, the entire movement is heavily misunderstood. Mm-hmm. I think because this this misunderstanding of it has grown out to like towards like people saying white lives matter because you know it's the misunderstanding that people think oh you're prioritizing black black lives over our lives and all that but that's not the case it's saying that we want to be on the same turf as you mm-hmm. you're ahead of us right now you know and we 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 just want to be to where you are and we want to be getting the opportunities you guys have because we've faced so much suffering exactly and you and your race has caused us suffering in the past and we don't hold that against you but we want your help and that's essentially what this entire movement is asking for yet people are always trying to find a way to undermine it undermine it um criticize it and it's like and make it political because it really shouldn't be political it's essentially a human right issue you Mm -hmm. know you're you're being um, judged based of the color of your skin, not um, not on what values you hold. Like you said in your speech, no, no, no people are judging you solely off the your color, and that already generates a negative stereotype, mm-hmm. which has been formulated by the society. You yeah. know, and I I think, as I said, it's going to take a very long time to go beyond this it's the same issue for like for example let's say you're famous from like another country you come here in america you're like nothing right and i think that's how america american society is formulated everything revolves around <laughs> what, what what goes on here you know yeah, very in a bubble exactly and it's like if we really expanded on it first you learn a lot more about black culture because there is culture in america but if you want to learn the deep origins and the countries they came from because like africa is always constantly being talked like a country you know but it's so vast Mm -hmm, it's a a huge continent with you've got you and it's all like i feel like people imagine africa just like oh you go there everyone there is living in huts and then tribes they carry spears and they ride their fucking horses and they, they speak with like onomatopoeic words and just make clicking sounds with their tongue. That's not the case. You got you got Arabic speaking countries where they're predominantly Muslim. You got South South Africa, okay, yeah. which is predominantly white, I think. I think don't quote me. I think is it predominantly there, there, black? There, there there's a mm, I don't want to. I don't want to say it's a majority of population. There's a. There's quite a white population in South Africa. Yeah, and then you've got these so many different cultures and beliefs, and languages. And um, um, cultures, like I said, 
throughout all these different countries. And there's also uh, even communities that are still involved with the tribes. They're not all the fucking same. They're all different. And these tribes have different cultures, you know. And it's interesting to learn about. But in America, it's completely disregarded. Yeah. You know. I think the getting to that is going to take a long, long time. But that's not what people are even asking for. They're not asking you to learn about where they came from. They just want you to learn about what they've suffered in coming here to this country. Mm-hmm. And just give us... Exactly. Give us the freedom we all exactly. are and, supposed to have. And think about it. You know, people are escaping that country because of the torment that's been caused by Europeans. You know? Colonizers. Yeah. Obviously, you want to escape. And think about this issue. is It happens now, uh, now as well. Fucking Syria... I've got why everyone's trying to leave the country because they don't want to die. Yeah, because it's war torn. Because of intervention from Americans, and the British, you know. And it's been an issue that's been constantly recycling. I may be going slightly off topic here, but I'm trying to connect the two issues. If you know what I'm trying to say, right? Yeah, yeah. So, what I'm basically what I'm just trying to say is that the demand of Black Lives Matter is not a huge demand. You know, no, no. of what they're asking. The task is huge. It's going to take a lot of work. Mm-hmm. But it depends on how willing you are. It's all good for you to share your posts and platforms. But are you taking action in any other way? Right. You know, and I think we'll go straight into that about using a platform. You know, yeah. I'll, I'll take this one. Yeah, sure. So basically, like, like let's let's start with trends because you know uh like you said before this is a social human rights issue so uh when they say this should be trending not not because oh everyone's reposting this everyone's sharing everyone's doing this everyone's doing that it shouldn't be trending because people have made an image out of it on social media it should be trending because people care about the cause and people want some forms of reformation done for people who've struggled, people who are who the movement is for. And I feel like that kind of gets misconstrued with the movement as well. And in doing so, that ties into people misusing their platforms or misrepresenting the movement because of how it's portrayed on social media. So first thing I want to say that <clears throat> In using your platform, it starts with having good allyship. And, you know, what? what is good allyship, you know? Essentially, good allyship is being the opposite of a performative activist. And to compare the two, a performative activist is someone who will, you know, share, share a couple of resources or information about the movement or certain certain important causes that are going on in the world that need to be addressed. And <clears throat> in doing their little part, they, they feel satisfied with what they've done as if they've made change. In being a good ally, you're consistently doing certain acts that are meant to initiate change. For example, going to protests consistently, <clears throat> uh, spreading awareness, 
educating people, although that is not anyone's job. We should all be educating ourselves, but we'll get into that later. Um, uh, constantly reposting uh, information and new, new, I guess, new cases of injustice or just disregard for people of color or defamation of the movement. Like it's it's that unrelenting. How, how do I put this in the word? You just have to be a very committed person to what's going on. Tenacious. Around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you're you're always contributing something new, and you're not sitting down thinking, "I've done enough for the day." Like you're always willing to do more, and you know that that's that's really the marks of a good ally. You know, yeah, you especially when you go to this protest, you create a sense like camaraderie. Yeah among the people you're protesting with because you're all fighting for the same cause, you know. Um, again, what Marcus said about performative activism, it, it is great if you use your platform to share details. Um, personally, I don't think I've shared enough, but I've definitely made contributions not involved in social media. And as long as you make some kind of contribution, whether it be signing petitions, sending emails, making phone calls, you're helping out. Yeah, you don't do this once. You keep doing, you keep on going. I know it can be tiring. I know it could be. You, you think you've done enough, but you can never do enough. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Ask you to fucking go to every protest or make a phone call twenty four seven, but just when there, when when someone needs your help regarding this issue, you make a contribution. You know, if someone shows you something and says you can call this person, you go call that person. You know, it takes for like five. It takes like a f- five minutes of your day. Yeah, there's nothing, literally nothing. You know, just find a way you can help and contribute towards this problem. You know, and yeah. contribute towards solving this problem. Sorry, because if if everyone put just at least like what fifty percent of their effort into this instead of like ten percent, we could be seeing so much more change. Yeah, so much more change. Yeah, without a doubt, it's like people will just post a photo, but then. Like, it annoys you because all, people say the N word will say they support the movement. I don't understand that. That does, doesn't make sense. This is it's disappointing. But, yeah. If, you, if As long as you are actively helping out, I think you can really be satisfied with yourself, you know? Mm-hmm, yeah. You don't just help out like three days after George Floyd died and you, you post on your story and said, RIP George Floyd. Rest in he- rest in heaven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, do something for him. Do more. Exactly. And on top of that, it's like in being a performative activist, you're often trying to like post certain things, show your support, so that people people don't like. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to say press here because I'm trying to be serious, but like, people don't press you about like not posting resources, not sharing material, not interacting with the movement and like hiding the yeah hiding in plain sight exactly like you you're you're just doing it so no one no one says oh you're not you're not contributing to the movement you're trying to make yourself look like a good person but no one is asking you to be this glorified person we're just asking you to put some time and effort into supporting because the amount of 
I, I could say anything right now, racial injustice, oppression, you name it, that has been endured for years upon years is nothing. What way we know now? That in comparison to the seconds it would take for you to share something or do something is nothing. Like you, you can always contribute something and it will mean the world, but as long as you're contributing it from your heart and because you care, like I'd rather you contribute one thing that you actually care about than 10 things that you're doing just to portray yourself in a certain light, you know? Um, I completely agree with you. Um, I think, you know, well, it's not okay. It's taking a neutral stance, you know. There's no sitting on the lines on this, right? You either support the movement or you don't, right? Right, right. And as much as so it's like, this again, this is not politics. You can't just sit in the middle, you know. You can't be like, oh, I'm on the, oh, I just want to sit in the middle. I don't be left or right. This is not left or right. It's either you, you support the lives of human beings, you know, for who they are, you know. Not because they have a fucking different skin color that you feel that, you know, they're not as significant as white people. Right. It, it, it's, it's just something that... Oh, oh and... Um, yeah, it's just this neutral stance. It sounds like it does kind of bewilder me because you can't really... You have to pick a side, bro. Fuck... There's no um, oh this and that. Mm-hmm. It's like you either support Black Lives or you don't, or support people of color or you don't. Can't be like oh I don't mind them. Yeah, yeah we're good. They're, they're just there, you know. But I don't care about them, but I don't have anything. Nah, bro. Like, come on. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta help out the community, and you gotta help out people who essentially do the jobs you never want to do you know think about it Mm -hmm. yeah just being neutral is kind of like you see this massive fight going on like i I don't know if this is the right way to compare it but like world war one got all these countries elaborate elaborate fighting got us coming in got everyone coming in you got and then with all this like Switzerland or like Scandinavia, with all these like countries that's just sitting there like, yeah, we're we're, we're cool. Like, no, it's a problem. Yeah. Maybe that's not a good example. But, I, um, I think it's hard in that context. It's different. But like, well, you know, it's, instead of being like a Switzerland, I kind of remember had that new, new. I don't know if that neutrality. I think they did kind of like gravitate towards Germany. But like I say, in modern day climate, Switzerland are their own independent country. But for example, in America, America chose a side during World War One, because before that, America were completely neutral. You know, they never really intervened in world wars and never really intervened in European European affairs. You know, America. Well, they were flourishing at that time. You know, they had the economic boom after in the twenties. But I mean, also like post-slavery 
like sh- Boris, uh, sharecropping. Uh, uh, I guess. Oh yeah, I- I'm talking about in the context of the world no, war. Yeah, no, no. But when if we go deeper in that, then yeah, of course. <laughs> but um, I think what the example you were trying to give was like, as in like, we can't. This is you know, it's just stupid if you don't pick a side, right? Yeah, you gotta support or you don't support. You don't just stay in the middle, you know. Yeah, because at, sooner or later it's going to directly affect you, and like that shouldn't be an excuse to not jump in the fight now. Because, like, no matter no matter where you stand or where you are in the world right now, it's it's going to affect you in some way. So, you you really should do do some form of support whether you don't support it or do support it uh just standing around in the middle is not helping anyone right now and uh i think that's ultimately why we don't think you should be taking a neutral stance in all this yeah yeah 100 percent. it's just it's not ethical at all you know but yeah we're, we're gonna continue some more uh, we're going to be right back. All right, take care, guys. All right, guys, we're back, and we're just going to keep moving forward. So now I want to talk about how, uh, thanks to social media, how celebrities have been involved with Black Lives Matter. And I mainly want to focus on like black celebrities. So let's look on one side of the coin. Uh, obviously there are many proponents of the movement and there are tons of people who are really fighting for change, fighting for justice, which we love. But I, I, I particularly want to single out and uh, zero in on uh, Kiki Palmer because there's this one instance where she was in a protest and there were these like police officers who were uh, disallowing them from, it was her and a bunch of other protesters trying to go towards one place and the police officers were blocking them off. She came up to the front of the crowd and started pushing back. You know, she was telling them, like join the fight she was like you know are you guys okay with what's going on and they, they obviously weren't they clearly weren't you could see in the video you could see that they really did not want to be disallowing these people from protesting uh but you know it's just that that back of the mindset thing like they have a job they have a duty which uh when it comes to the police we're very touchy on that one but um you know she was really pushing back against them, despite how adamant that they were to, like, listen to the guidelines that are given. She pushed back, pushed back, pushed back. And I really admired that. Like, she she got them to kneel, put their fists up, show their support, show their solidarity, which is amazing, powerful. Uh, I... I hadn't seen more footage. I don't know if they ended up joining the movement, but I know they did <clears throat> allow the protesters to keep moving, which is, you know, what we want to see that like fight back. Cause you know, there's going to be a lot of friction when it comes to the movement. People are going to come in your way. They're, they're not going to support you. 
you know, when I was protesting uh, at the last protest, this this dude yelled, this dude yelled like "shut the fuck up" at us, and you know, like everyone started like they're they're ready to go insane. But uh, you know, one of the one of the uh, leaders of the protest, they're like, "No, no, no, there's no point in showing violence against people who don't support us." You know, like we're here to do one thing and one thing only, and we don't have to engage in violence to combat that. And I really love that. So uh, to look on the other side of the coin, I want to take a look at, uh, I hope I'm not misquoting, but I believe it was NLE Choppa, this rapper. He's 17, he has a child. I hope I'm not misquoting, but basically, like, he he said he doesn't support Black Lives Matter, the movement and all. And I was talking with a friend about it because he was he was asking me, like, you know, he's a black artist. Why wouldn't he support the movement? And, you know, it really got me thinking. A lot of people, black people in particular, who have made it over the hurdles of like struggle that we've experienced yeah they've made it big they're making tons of money they're they're living lavish lives they tend to not support these movements because it doesn't have to affect them anymore all that struggle even though they they're aware of the struggle they talk about it they sometimes even rap about it and century don't care yeah it's surprising they don't care even though they, they know that it's real, they know that it's happened, they've experienced it themselves, but at the end of the day, they've they've done the nearly impossible, you know? So they feel as if, you know, they don't have to. And there's, there's that sense of selfishness when you do make it big sometimes. And I think there's a lot of celebrities that tend to gravitate away from the movement since they've already made it big you know, got get that bread and leave, you know? <laughs> so, and, you know, it's kind of sad because they, I'm sure, in some way or form, they've experienced the injustice that we're all talking about and, you know, ridiculing today. But uh, now that they don't have to necessarily deal with the problem themselves, it's, it's as if they're blind to it or they, they don't need to support it or they feel as if they don't need to support it which is sad, and I encourage you, if you think that it's bad for your image to support or anything like that, there is nothing wrong with supporting a movement for social justice. Like, we're literally talking about lives right now. This, this has nothing to do with fame or power or popularity. This is, this is, this is a movement about people like every single one of us, it could be one of us next, you know? And the, the fact that there are people who don't care just really saddens me at the end of the day, you know? Yeah. Um, and the topics of celebrities, you know, I feel like a lot, it depends on the circumstances. Also depends on which celebrities really care and which don't. Yeah. You, know, you see people like that, like some Michael, um, What's his name? I forgot his name. Michael something. Is it Michael B. Jordan? Or... 
the, the actor in Black Panther. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Michael B. Jordan. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, he 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 probably joined the protest in L.A. Boxer Anthony Joshua. He 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 protested in Watford. Um, if you don't know, Anthony Joshua is a very very big boxer from the U.K. Um, likes of Lewis Hamilton, a black racer from the UK, F1, one of the best F1 drivers in the world. There's so many different people. Um, also, RIP Chadwick Boseman. Yeah, man. Uh, terrible. He really he had a huge impact on the black community, especially, you know. It's like, you finally have a movie where you got a majority black cast, you mm-hmm. know, and they did a really, really good job with the film, you know. Culturally as well. Culturally, yeah, you just learned a lot, you know. It's like, I'll go deeper into when I talk about um, black, but it's like, they, they, they didn't just come from, again, it's not from people coming from, like, dirty villages and tribes, you know. I mean, this false image you have of Africa, because you probably watch, like, Tuesday, the children commercials, and you really <laughs> think of, like, Africa as I know. They had kings and queens, and they had wealth, you know. Yeah. And I think Black Panther was trying to portray that, you know, and show and showing that there's more South Africa than what there is, you know. And there's more to black culture than what there is in the community, you know. Mm-hmm. Um and Chadwick Boseman, oh man, he's a really, really, really sad. This guy if he he had cancer and he just fought through it. Yeah, you'd be he surprised. Really fought through it and he wasn't he he fought for the lives he fought for black lives and he died in honor, you know. And he 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 put a fight up, and regardless of the condition, like going through chemotherapy is really really bad. More because like some people just don't go to work, but this man still kept acting and he still still did his job and still tried to make a world a better place. And yeah, we'll forever remember him. R.I.P. Yeah. But not to abruptly gravitate away from him, but to continue forward on the podcast you know like why does it take social media getting involved in so many things to get people off of their feet you know like yeah without social media i really don't think this movement would be a thing to be honest yeah like with you know and it's a lot of the younger generation that's really propelling this movement and that's mainly because of social media but like you know before like take away george floyd right there are so many things that were being popularized and it's it's thanks to social media that's gotten us here and now and i'm not like shaming social media or anything like that but why why is it taking that to make people go we need to protest we need to start fighting for change like black lives matter this is an important movement and yeah, yeah. it's like it shouldn't take social media to initiate that change we've been all looking for like as we pointed out before black lives matter has existed since 2013 and you know that that prevalence that we got thanks to social media back in may but as i said before it's very much welcomed and i'm grateful for it but you know why, why haven't we been protesting all this time why haven't we been fighting back all this time you know like I feel, I feel as if we were consistently fighting back for that same seven-year length. The whole Black Lives Matter has existed. I feel like we could have done so much more and made so much more change. Like 
if you look at Breonna Taylor, right? Like the way it's popularized, we all know it's wrong what happened, but it literally happened in March, if I'm correct. Hopefully I'm not incorrect, but I'm very positive it happened yeah, in March. Yeah, it happened in March and nothing's been done. Since. Nothing had been done. And we started getting awareness about it in June. And still now, it's September, nothing's been done about it. Her killers haven't been apprehended. Yeah. You need video footage as well. It's, like, like, it's nothing. It's, it's insane. Like, we shouldn't have to wait for something big to resurface. Well, something big to surface on social media for people to go, oh, yeah, let's support this. Like, and this, this goes for me as well. Like, I mean, I'm black, and I can't say I've been doing all the contrib- uh, contributing I should be doing uh, in, I guess, society, I guess. I mean, or just, like, fighting, knowing that black lives do matter. And I think this is a lesson for all of us. Uh, stop waiting for social media to initiate your own change. Like, I, I don't want to divert from the topic, but another example is, like, uh last year last summer when uh cameron boyce died you remember that oh shit, yeah. like that was that was a monumental death right and it hit so many people so hard to home but people are going oh um you know you never know when life's gonna hit you or like some some something random that had to do only because he died i'm just like it shouldn't take social media for you to realize these things like this happens all the time these revelations are things you should be having like every day or should just already know like if you're if you're sitting down wasting your time there's there's something somewhere that says oh you should always be doing something every day it shouldn't take someone dying for you to go yeah let's do this let's do that you know yeah, what i'm saying yeah and there's like how many deaths does it take to actually get something done exactly it's like it's still happening yeah, George Floyd reinvigorated the movement, but we still had deaths. Nothing has changed. Yeah, yeah, we have more support. Like, and but like, are we there has been an aspect of police reform in some areas of the country, but like again, like I said, it's just not enough, is it? You know, there's so much more we can do yet. Um, we're not doing it, and there's so much more we can change. Where change is not happening, and again. Constantly, young black lives are being lost. Yeah, and it's like, when is it gonna stop? Right. Yeah. It, it's, it's 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 heartbreaking. Um, it's it's frustrating, honestly. But I mean, we're gonna move forward. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna ask you, John Sherry. You know, all, all this time in quarantine, all this resurgence. How is How's BLM uh, affected you, uh, I guess, like, ever since the resurgence, all these months, whatever? So, I think one song that I kind of started playing to myself was a song by a British artist called Dave. And people are immediately going to ignore it for the fact of being a British artist. you're a dickhead if you are should do that but i think you should really you know just listen to what he has to say because it's very very powerful Mm -hmm. um i'm gonna 
more or less dissect the lyrics because I think this song was released a year or two ago and uh, the artist in question, Dave, is he performed it live around six months ago. I think you just got to hear it to what he says. I'll pause and I'll stop and repeat what you said. But you learn a lot and he educates you through such a beautiful song um, through his rapping abilities. But yeah, I'll just play it for a sec. I had a dream. Bruh. <laughs> Bruh, we really had like that whole deep course, section. Bro. And then, you know, we, we get add. You can edit that. Yeah. Black is excellent. Black is pain, black is joy, black is evident. Working twice as hard as the people, you know you're better than. Cause you need to do double what they do so you can level them. Black is so much deeper than just African American. Our heritage been. Black is so much deeper than African American. Mm -hmm. Facts. Facts. It's like. I think people have also had a comic fear of like calling someone black, so they call them African American. Bro, there's Caribbean people, you yeah, know? Yeah. Not everyone is African American if you're a black guy, you know, or a black woman, you know. Like literally, I'm, I'm half Jamaican and half, like, okay, like my dad would be considered African American, right? Like my mom is Jamaican and she, she, like, I guess I don't want to say immigrated. She didn't immigrate here, but she she just moved to America at a young age. She became a citizen as well. So you know, like, I'm technically an, a Jamaican American, you know, and. People often, like you said, the first thing they think when they come to mind is just like, oh, African-American. But it's far more complex than just African-American people. Like, we're, we're more than just African-American. And people are often, like, short-sighted in that sense, you know? I agree. I'll play a bit more. Never, you never got to experiment with family trees. Can they teach you about famine and greed? Show you pictures of our family and knees. Tell us we used to be barbaric. We had actual queens. Be quick on this point. Sorry if I'm pausing, but like I said before, like again, the reputation that's been created for um, black people is honestly atrocious. You know, it's like they had royalty, they had kings, they had queens. Yeah. Oh, that's completely being ignored. Black is watching child soldiers getting killed by the children, feeling sick so quick. This could have happened to me. Mommy watching, telling stories about your dad and your niece. Listen, the black of the berry, the sweet of the juice. Kid dies, the black of the killer, the sweet of the nude. Again, like, you see all these people getting charged for offenses, especially when they're black. Get much worse sentences, don't get let off as easy, you know. Yeah. I'll play a bit more. You'll hear a line which is very, very powerful and very, very true. And if he's white, you give him a chance, he's ill and confused. If he's black, he's probably armed, you see him as shoot. Look, 
Black is growing up around the barbershop. Mommy says, stay away from trouble, you're in yard a lot. Studying for ages, appreciating the chance you got. Cause black is in your blood and you ain't even got the heart to stop. Black is stepping in for your brothers because your father's gone. Standing by your children when you haven't proven karma wrong. Black is doing all of the above and going corner shop. Trying to help a lady cross the road to have her walking off. Black is growing up around your family and making it. Being forced to leave the place you love because there's hate in it. People say you're faking it. Never stay for changing it. But black is being jealous. You'd be dead if you had stayed in it. Black is struggling to find your history and tracing it. You don't know the truth about your race because they're erasing it. Black has got a really sour flavor. Here's a taste of it. But black is all I know. There ain't a thing that I would change in it. So beautiful. Erasing there you can't find your own history because they're erasing it. Again, so powerful, and it's like their history isn't just slavery, and that's what they teach you in this country. There's so much more beyond that, but they're not gonna teach you because they don't care, mm -hmm. you know. And it's so hard to trace back your history because of the slave owners and changing your names and your last names. You can't really find your true origins, yeah. you know. And I can't imagine what's that like, you know, because it's like. It must be a thought that goes through the minds of many people, you know, and they're probably inquisitive and curious to how and where my family originates from. But it's like that they're, they're stuck with the burden that they they will probably won't find out, you know. Right. I'll play a bit more. Look. Black isn't a single colour, man, there's shades to it Her hair's straight and thick, but mine's got waves in it Black is not divisive, they've been lying and I'm hating it Black has never been a competition, we're all making it Black is deadly, black is when you're freezing in your home and you can't get sleep but never feeling empty cause you got 20 cousins in your country living stress free walking for their water daughter wrapped inside a bed sheet black is distant, it's representing countries that never even existed while your grandmother was living black is my Ghanaian brother reading into scriptures doing research on his lineage finding out that he's Egyptian black is people naming your countries and what they trade most coast of ivory, gold coast and the grain coast but most importantly to show how deep all of this pain goes West Africa Benin, they call the slave coast. Black is so confusing, could have called today in love with it. Take our features when they want and have their fun with So, what they're saying was they just labeled these group of countries coasts because back then that's where, like, that's what they were, they were to white people, you know? It, it was never, um, it, it, it was never, oh, it's this country. No, you just find the coast and that's where you trade. Well, that's like that was the gold coast where you get all the gold from. That was the slave coast where you get your slaves from. And like he's, he's basically going into that and how like deep that is. Never seem to help with all the things we know will come with it. Loud in our laughter, silent in our suffering. Black is being strong inside the face of the feet. Poverty made me a beast. I battled the law in the streets. We all struggle, but you're struggling a struggle like me. Well, how could it be when your people gave us the odds that we beat? I mean, bloody yo. What about our brothers that are stuck in jail that couldn't bust the bell? They held a bird and got a living. Black is being guilty until proven that you're innocent. I have to stop that. Black is being guilty until you're proven innocent. I think that's really, really powerful. And it's facts. Yeah. It's like you're immediately assumed that you're a perpetrator instead of a, a victim. And, you know, it's like there's been so many unfair court cases and assumptions made, you know, and that's 
I think mainly attributed towards the uh, negative stereotypes. And it's like a huge circle because like you do get these problems and these crimes but it's due to the system that that forces people to commit these crimes. Because at the end of the day, they'll do what they need to get their basic benefits, you know? I'm gonna stop there because a lot of the stuff he goes into talking about after is mainly associated with England. Um, but again, I think that song was really, really powerful. You know, it was played at a protest because, again, it. After even the American rappers who've talked about their suffering, I just don't think it's been as. Um, how is it as well said as Dave has, you know, yeah, you, can, so. you can really, really understand where he's coming from and you really, really learn. you know, he teaches you in this song. I, you, I haven't really got that. I'm not trying to just talk about music on a whole because again, I'm really focusing into the deeper meaning of the song. He's sharing all the suffering he has as a, as a young black man in, in a, society dominated by white people you know and he's explaining the suffering he has to go through which many people aren't already accustomed to you know and he's he's telling he's saying this song so he can demand for the the demand for the needs he has you know and promote the change that we all want you know so i think that's really sums up what BLM really means to me. I feel like that some kind of sums up everything I think of it, you know? Yeah, it's, it's perfect, honestly. Um, how, how are you, though, Marcus? How, how has Black Lives Matter affected you? You know, that resurgence of Black Lives Matter was just like affirming all that inner fear I've always had, or like, you know, those, those dirty looks I've always been given, you know? Just a reminder that there, there are always going to be people who are going to just discriminate against people of color and just not give us the same treatment that they would someone of the same you know skin tone of them. And you know it's just a reminder that there's injustice all over the world, and that it it could always be you next, and you never know it. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, facts. It's, it's, it's something that kind of haunts you forever and ever. Like, you, you never know when it will be your turn. And that's, that's a scary thing to have to say. But, I mean, it's real. And that's how people, that's how people have to feel sometimes. Because that, that's, it, it's, it's how disadvantaged everyone is. And, uh, you know, to kind of, I don't know, couple... My feelings. I, I wrote a poem, like right, like right after George Floyd was killed, because it really, really made me feel so distraught. Like I, I was, I couldn't do anything when I found out about the way he was killed. I was just, I was like frozen. I felt like my heart. It really made my heart sink because it's something that just happens, and it's 
it's just okayed in society and it shouldn't be. So I'm gonna read that right now. <clears throat> From many years ago, you stole my color's natural glow, devalued and dehumanized us, but what do I know? May you forever emotionally repent. The sins you have committed, you shall forever resent. Dispersing the hope that the arrival in this country should show, you withheld agony that you so casually lent. May you rue this current day because the past hasn't seemed to go away. Repeated offenses, my people defenseless. This is no joke, things I say. May you never fill the lives of humans with disdain. It is not your right, so please refrain. My ancestors shook a feeling undefined by words in a book. No one should be put through that again. May you feel the guilt, may you feel the wrath of the burden you personally built. Our time has come to unite as one, so may your reverberating impact begin to wilt. But it won't. It never has. We're stuck in limbo, it won't let us pass. So when I say I'm not through, please understand what next I will do. May you feel these words of hate through my angered form of class. May you read this and then repeat. I want you to understand the heart you've made beat. The racism here is far beyond clear. This eternal race war is surprisingly neat. For you and not me though, be able to go about, sorry, sorry. <laughs> For you and not me though, not me nor my race will go. Be able to go about life the way that is a thousand percent right. May you reap this pain forever. It's something you must sow. And that's it. Very, very far, bro. Like, it, like writing that poem, like I didn't have to think because that's how I've been feeling ever since that day. And I still feel it to this day because, you know, we shouldn't have to feel like we're on a different level than other people. You know, what, what happened to everyone is equal. Everyone has freedom, all this, all that, all this. Bullshit. Yeah, all this. It's just a, it's just yes. a masquerade, you know. Uh, a front so that propaganda yeah people feel people are supposed to feel safe and you know just getting targeted getting killed getting discriminated against and it's just cycled and cycled and cycled and it's for some reason it's just been okay for all these years and you know i think now's the time that we've got to since it's being so publicized people are really seeing it for what it is you know it's time we start combating it and that's why it's so important that you do support in any way that you can. And um, I think that's I think that's good enough to move on to the next part. Uh, what we're gonna do is say a couple names of uh, victims of police brutality, discrimination, hands, or people at the hands of police officers just dying for no reason and no reason at all and uh we're gonna take our time with this make sure these names also reverberate in your hearts 
in your mind. And uh, you ready? Yeah. All right. So when we say each name, we're going to give it a couple seconds in between, just so like you feel the impact the same way we all should be feeling the impact. So. I'm ready as well. All right. Uh, George Floyd. Brianna Taylor. Atiana Jefferson. Tamir Rice. Aura Rosa. God, this, this hurts me so much. I I'm in. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm not gonna cry. I'm not gonna cry. Um Elijah McLean. Stephen Clark. I'm searching up this last thing because I don't want to butcher it because she she needs to be honored. Uh, Aluwatoyin Salau. Bertham Jean. I mean, man, like it's it's insane, you know, all these lives and way way more have been at the hands of just wrongdoing that is just unchecked you know there's just even more that are like popular you know like eric garner oh, michael yeah. brown it's 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 insane because it just keeps getting perpetuated and perpetuated with no justice no reformation no correction and, you know, at this point, that fear that people have in the back of their minds, it's because these police officers get away with the things that they're doing. And it's just time and time again, there's something new, someone else who is dead at the hands of the police. And, you know, not that I'm going to, like, devalue anyone's opinion that they hold the police high. But, I mean, I see, and I know you see it, too, all these people that are dying at their hands when they shouldn't be, you, you, you can't not look at it. You just can't see it for what it is and is because it's clear what it is. It's just constant, constant injustice that is just like there, there seems to be no problem with it because if there was, why is it continually happening with no justice? Like we said before, Brianna Taylor's killers have not been apprehended at all. I mean, what is that? They shameful. It's 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 terrible, honestly. Like, I I it it hurts that this is how society really is, and that's why it's so important, you know, to talk about and to keep talking about. Don't ever let it, don't ever let it slip your mind because it's. An important thing and it's going to like i said before it's going to continue affecting us uh far more for the rest of the year maybe for more years to come um who knows when the change that we're seeking will be implemented but it's with that fight that we have that we continue doing that will help initiate 
or continue to create change because thanks to all the protesting, all the uproaring, you know, from George Floyd's killers, you know, they started getting charged with, uh, I believe it was initially third degree and then- And we we went from third degree to second degree. Second degree murder. Third degree was was when it's a manslaughter, so it's accidental. But then second degree is, um, is when you kill them, but with no intent, no. I, I believe. Or with intent? No, because that would be first degree murder. You kill someone with. Oh, it's, um, it's with intent, but it's not planned. Right, 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 right. That's secondary. First degree is when it's planned. Yeah, yeah, but like it's. So first degree is premeditated. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, you know, a lot of people look down on protesting on all forms of uh, combating. You know all this injustice but i mean look at what it's done so far it's done a lot surprisingly and it's gotten so much attention so much support so many donations petitions you name it and it's it's a wonderful thing uh but you know we at the end of the day we really shouldn't have to do all this all this extra effort to show that we deserve to be treated fairly and not serve up a system of injustice exactly and you know that's the sad reality that we're all living right now yeah you know my marcus and i we shouldn't be doing this podcast right now you know but we, we chose to do it because it's an issue you know you know like this is again in our title we made an obligation to talk about stuff people aren't too comfortable talking about like i as much as we enjoy having a like stupid satirical podcast where we'll talk about an, an issue occasionally, you know, but we'll have more like jokes and laughs about like there are times where we need to use that, utilize our platform like we are right now, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna leave some petition links in the bio, ways you can donate, you know. I'll probably just only leave Black Lives the Black Lives Matter website. And then a few White House.gov uh, petitions because those are the ones I really trust, in my opinion. Um, and like I say, you know, as much as we love making the other type of podcasts, um, this is important. And if it doesn't die out, we'll keep fighting no matter what. Yeah, this movement shall not die until it's completed its objectives. And, you know, it's going to take a very long time to get there. Like I've said, plenty of, plenty of times. It's just about the willingness of people to contribute towards it. And if people can really show that sense of camaraderie with each other and unity, regardless of skin color, and fight against the system that's left so many of us oppressed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that being said, <clears throat> I think the ultimate goal to take from this podcast and more so the whole movement and everything that's going on, at least educate yourself, educate yourself on black history, black culture, black, I mean, everything, I guess. Like there's so much, there's so much more beyond the negativity we're experiencing through 
racial injustice, police brutality, you name it. There's, there's so much more to us than slavery. There's, there's so much more that you may not even know. And I'm telling you, educate yourself because we're in a time where you have all the resources to learn, all the time in the world to learn. And, you know, you can use it for very good things. Like, I'm going to go ahead and just suggest there's this book I've been reading. It's a very, very wonderful book that is, uh, it was made a, a little while back, but is accurately depicting all the things that are going on right now. It's called Between the World and Me uh, by uh, Ta-Nehisi Coates. When, when was it written? I... Like recent history or like... I, it's, it's, it's recent, I know. I have the book in my bag. I can go get it and look. But uh, you know, I'm going to focus here. But I mean, they will put it in the uh, description as well. But it's a very good book. But it's, there's so many resources you can look upon and just gain knowledge about it. Because I'd rather you support the movement knowing what you're supporting rather than just supporting it uh, performatively, as we've said before. So I think on that note, that's uh, it's going to be all for today. So uh, anything you want to add? Listen, go leave some links in the bar. Please contribute. Please donate if you can. Please sign the petitions and please still fight. Uh, please help keep keep on fighting. Don't yeah, stop yeah. fighting. Um, and uh, you know what, guys? Never forget, keep on jamming. jamming. Take have, care, guys. Have a great day.